The Butt First Stretch podcast taps into the extraordinary endeavors that ordinary humans are doing daily to better their lives and their community. The goal of these conversations is to lengthen and extend our perspective on fitness, nutrition, holistic health, the mind-body connection, and what motivates us. The final portion of each episode will provide a guided meditation to self-reflect on the theme of the interview. Brought to you by Jennifer McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Hi, I'm Jen McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Welcome back to But First Stretch, and if it is your first time listening, I am so glad that you are joining me. If you are liking what you're hearing, please write a review or follow me on iTunes or Spotify. If this is something that a friend would love, please share with a friend. Um, today I have a really special guest on our show today, and I know that we are going to dive into talking about running and fitness, but the idea, the concept behind everything she does is about mental motivation and training the mind. So even if you're not a runner, even if some of the things we discuss don't resonate with you, I promise the overall message of her lifestyle will. So our community member of the week on But First Stretch is Vanessa Peralta Mitchell. I met Vanessa through the Queen of Prussia 10K. While we didn't get to run it live this year, both of us are mentors for the race. In fact, um, in a few days, the race is going to close. It's almost sold out. And they are doing a virtual option in September. And if you have not seen the swag, I highly suggest taking a look at it. Um, I'm really impressed with what the Queen of Prussia 10K is doing. They're having some online discussions from their sponsor, Mainline Health. And I'm really excited to listen to the running motivation one and the nutrition one coming up. So... If you are not following them on Facebook or Instagram, I highly suggest you do that. Um, But anyway, Vanessa believes in the power of the pavement and empowers women through the journey of running so they too no longer limit what they're capable of. Her lessons give women a powerful message that goes beyond the pavement into their everyday lives. She is working on combining her efforts with running, creativity, and community to host events that motivate through her message and bring the community together through movement, which is awesome. I love that. Vanessa also dedicates her time to the youth as a run coach for Girls on the Run, which we'll talk about, a mentor for the Queen of Prussia 10K, and an ambassador for the Monco Trail Challenge. When she's not spending time with her husband and three kids, she enjoys, you guessed it, running outdoors lots of dancing, and tapping into her creative side by writing, taking pictures, and cooking. Vanessa was also recently featured in Be Well Philly's Sweat Diaries. Be sure to check it out. Um, I've linked the article below. Sweat Diaries is my favorite article from the Philadelphia Magazine. I love seeing what other people do and eat during the week, so I highly suggest following Vanessa on Instagram for food tips and just life motivation. So let's stretch our mind, body, and soul. The first portion of the podcast is the warm-up, introducing our guest. Hi, Vanessa. Welcome. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me today, and hello to your But First Stretch community. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? Where are you from? And how did you get into fitness? Okay, so let's take it back. I love back-in-the-day memories, by 
Italy, and my parents came to the U.S. from Ecuador in the 1970s. So my parents instilled in me early on, like, an inner drive, you know, to be relentlessly, to do better, right, to believe in myself because they always would. Um, and that certainly was evident as I got into sports. So my mom would definitely be there like, oh, Vanessa. And my dad, you know, owned his own business, but he made time, you know, to come to games and stuff like that. So, you know, I played sports since middle school, but it was always centered around a ball. <laughs> it was soccer, it was basketball or softball. It really wasn't until college that a friend asked me if I wanted to go for a run. And the idea seemed absurd to me, right? Mm -hmm. So run just to run? <laughs> I thought that was strange, but, you know, I was like, sure, why not? So we ran, I think something rather simple, like around the block, and I barely made it. <laughs> so, you know, to run just to run wasn't something I was into. But it really wasn't until I was almost done with college. Um, shout out to Drexel, by the way. But, you know, I saw a documentary at that time, and it really changed my perspective. It was about women in sports and unf how unfair, really, um, gender equality was. And so women had to fight for their right to simply participate in sports, and it really wasn't that long ago. It was like the 1970s. So I was moved and compelled to honor those women who came before me, that I felt it was like my duty, you know, like my calling to pay homage to all the women that fought for my right, for your right, you know, for all our rights. And of all the sports they talked about, running seemed the most realistic to me. So that day, I declared to myself, because it wasn't social media back then, right? I declared to myself that I was going to run a marathon. Now, let me tell you, I had no idea, no clue how I was going to do that. You know, running wasn't a thing back then. It wasn't a thing with my friends, with my family, or literally anyone I knew. It just wasn't a thing. But, you know, I made that promise to myself. I was going to achieve that lifelong goal. And I actually didn't step foot out to run until maybe, like, three years later. I know that sounds crazy, but a lot had happened. And one of the biggest things was, like, our first son was born. But the thing was, I saw that film around, I think, 2002. And I crossed the Philadelphia Marathon finish line in 2007. So it took almost, like, five years, but... I did it, right? So to me, that was like so amazing to accomplish something that seemed so, so very impossible to me. But as you can see, it took me a while. But after that moment, like honestly, running became a constant in my life. And after our second son was born, I was still running. And I was more of an experienced runner by then. And I led group runs. I would be asked, you know, run questions all the time. But it really, really wasn't after until after our third child that I took the leap. I got my RRCA uh, run coach certification and made the decision to turn my passion into my purpose, like I said. So, yeah, that's almost 15 years after watching that film. That's crazy, right? <laughs> that's awesome. Um, what has been the most rewarding part of your job working in fitness? Um, to play an active part in someone's journey. Honestly, that's the most rewarding part. You know, I always say the metal is the cherry on top, and the real sweetness is the journey. So, you know, you're there working with someone on their road to completing a goal. So sometimes it's a first, sometimes it's their hardest, sometimes it's their fastest, but whatever their goal is, it becomes your goal. And then together you work through what I like to say, the blessings and the challenges of the journey to get there. And so there's, you know, so much joy to see others accomplish their goals, 
but uh, I think it's because you've had a front row, if not a driver's seat, right, in getting them there. And for me, the cherry on top of that is when you can, or I should say, when they can take the message of what I'm coaching and apply it to their everyday lives. So not just on the, out on the pavement, but with running, but like off the pavement in their life. Um, I think to me that's most rewarding. That's awesome. What What's the most challenging part for you? Okay, so, um, you know, I really appreciate this question because, like, I'm not here to give you my highlight reel. You know, we're here because you and your listeners are real people, and so am I, right? And so that means we face the good, the bad, the ugly, and, you know, we have the courage to be imperfect. So I'm a self-proclaimed entrepreneur, right? So mm-hmm. I'm making a career from not just coaching but using running um, as a vehicle to empower women. And so it's a mixture really of like excitement of possibilities and then like the fear of the unknown. And that's definitely a challenge, right? You see, um, no one's telling me what comes next. No one's telling me what path to take. There isn't a promotion I'm working for. It's not a job title I'm seeking. It's just me. And yes, you know, that leaves me very vulnerable. Um, But that's also, I feel like, the secret sauce to what I'm doing because I think we're all our own secret ingredient, right? Like, I'm able to add me in what I do in my truest, purest form. And yes, it can be scary and exciting all at the same time, but I wouldn't change a thing. That's so great. Thank you. (laughs) Um, We're going to dive into the workout portion. So can you explain for everyone what kind of run coaching you do? Yeah. Okay, so I know right now we're like in the green phase of everything. um, But, you know, during this time, everything for me has turned to online. So that means virtual group runs and like even virtual coaching with uh, girls on the run. But when it comes to uh, run coaching, I prepare and train runners, you know, just like your listeners, to cross finish lines by focusing on the mind and the body during training. So I find that, you know, most women are able to make the most time to train for either a 10-miler or a half marathon. So I I do consider those distances like as sweet spots. Um, But, you know, I think as far as the type of run coaching that I do, I want to say that I feel that mental training is important to incorporate. And that's something I do throughout the training and not just on race day. I feel like it's really important to train your mind just as much as you train your body. And there's three ways that I feel that people can do that during the training. And I understand, like, right now, your planned race may not be happening. Um, but I do think there's three things you can do even now during your runs to improve your mindset. So is it okay to share that with your listeners real quick? I would love that, yes. Okay, great. So um, the way I think of it is three ways um, that you can – do during your runs to improve your mindset so that's through your words your story and your perspective so the first is your words right so I think of power words you know and I know we've heard of those you've probably heard them before but um, it's really two things you need to think about when you think about power words and it's just like the statement that you say to yourself to get you through hard times right so two things to keep in mind that they should be positive and that they should speak to you so quick example right Instead of saying, don't give up, you know, essentially telling your body what not to do, instead you might say, press forward, which is like more instructional, or maybe I'm strong, I can do this, you know, which is more positive. So just to give your listeners a tip, an effective, 
power phrase, it really addresses what you want to feel and not the difficulty you're trying to overcome. And so the second part of that is that it should speak to you. So you want to take like my power words, for example, right, and ex expect it to resonate with you. You really need to test out what works for you. Um, and the, the best way to do that is out during a run. Um, the second way <clears throat> to improve like your mindset when you're out for a run, I really believe is your story. So when you're running or training gets tough, you know, bring it back to your why. What got you into running in the first place? And why do you keep running? You know, I've met people who run for various reasons, like improving health, maybe they're coping with a life-changing event, maybe they're raising funds for a cause, or maybe they're just headed on their bucket list and they became addicted to the sport kind of like me. But whatever your reason, that's your why, that's your story. And that one moment of reflection, you know, when you're having a hard time out on a run, you're gonna find that inner motivation to keep going. And then the third thing I just wanted to share really quick, I feel is a, a way that you can improve your mindset, even though there's not racing right now, but a third way you can improve your mindset out for a run is your perspective. So instead of focusing on being good, you know, my air quotes, <laughs> you know, focus on getting better, my other air quotes. So, you know, a lot of times we get tied up in our results and then we're let down or view it maybe even as a fail if we don't meet, you know, certain expectations or measurements of having a good run. But if we just change our perspective, right, instead of being discouraged by our results, we can focus on our progress, right? We can focus on air quotes coming again, right? We can focus on getting better, right? And realize that those moments when we don't meet our expectations, those moments that we might see as failed attempts, right, out on the pavement, they don't define us, right? They don't define who we are, and they're just a part of our journey on our way to finding success. I love that. That is so awesome. It's so helpful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw that you recently created a audio guided run. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Oh my goodness, absolutely. So it's just a way for me to coach you through a workout so that you can have a coach in your pocket and in your ear to guide you. Uh, the way I like to think about it is I guide you with the movement, which is the workout, and then the message, which is the part that translates into your life. So I'm coaching you um, basically through intervals, you know, and I give you cues along the way about form and breathing and pace, but also sharing a message. So things like, you know, being present. A lot of the times I like to tell even myself, right? I literally mm -hmm. tell myself when I'm running, I tell myself, you are here. You chose to be here this moment was made for you. So I really want the person to feel like I'm there for them, but I want them to be present in the moment. And that's just going through the whole thing of running and getting out and feeling like, oh, another run. I want them to be present because another thing that I that is a message that I give is that there's only one moment, right? So every time you go out for a run, it's different. The way you feel, you know, the way the wind hits your face, what you see, what you, even what you're thinking, it's all unique to that one moment that right now right and I don't want you to miss it I don't want people to miss it so I really bring that out um, in my audio run coaching and other things that I might include in there or that I do include in there are the concept of promises right so I've always felt that the most important promise you can ever keep is the promise to yourself um, and the way that I remind people a lot about this is that I say that there's a lot of tomorrows, but only one today. And I know I'm giving you a whole bunch of one-liners, <laughs> but I'm trying to really um, summarize a lot of, of the 
coaching that type of coaching that I do because again I really want it, it to apply to someone yes when they're out there putting one foot in front of the other but I want to help them when they're out there in life again putting one foot in front of the other um, and so you know I take people through intervals and I really the overall message really is to have them feel like they're conquering the pavement because when you conquer the pavement I feel like you can conquer your day right you can conquer your week your month and before you know you, you feel like what can I conquer in my life <laughs> and so my audio guided run is a way to to give that to people oh my gosh I feel like I need that just in my life like listening <laughs> to pep up talks in my life um how many clients do you normally train at a time so, yeah <laughs> so uh, with group training I work with at least 10 clients at a time cool Cool. And I saw that you are a huge advocate for foam rolling. Can you tell us about it? Yes. Oh my goodness, absolutely. So I'll have to admit though, like I didn't really know about foam rolling until later in my run journey. So if you're starting out and you're just hearing this for the first time, um, my heart goes out to you because I want you to foam roll like right away. <laughs> but you know, I feel like sometimes we take our legs for granted, right? I mean, I know I have. So, you know, we expect them to perform, and we don't even say thank you. <laughs> you know, well, foam rolling is my way to say thanks, ladies. I appreciate you. Let's do it again tomorrow. So, you know, my foam roller, nothing fancy. My husband got it for me years ago, um, a couple years ago, I should say, at, like, a Walmart. <laughs> but to give someone an idea, if they aren't familiar with, like, what it is I'm talking about and how it looks, think of, like, a pool noodle. So, you know, like that flotation device people use in swimming pools? It's just like that, but it's shorter, and it's more dense and, like, wider in diameter. But, um, so you might be thinking, why should you foam roll, right? Well, the short of it is to prevent injury. But to add to that, we have this, like, underlying muscle tissue and fascia that become, like, kind of, like, stuck together. So that might form, um, like, into, like, a knot, or it might be, like, a trigger point. And so what that does, it restricts our muscle movement our flexibility and our muscle efficiency and that can lead to pain and eventually injury so foam rolling what it does is it breaks up those little trigger points right and it soothes them out so that that tight fascia while you know it's going to increase that blood flow to that area and that circulation to like soften that tissue in your body so you know in the end it's helping our muscles return back to normal function and you know as far as like when I think about is there a favorite spot maybe that or an area that I like to foam roll it's really whatever area needs it the most and I figure that out right away once I start but um for my ladies like I would recommend foam rolling your IT band honestly you know it tends to be the cause of a couple of different problems but you know two things that come to mind like why I'm telling you to foam roll your IT band and, and heads up it is gonna hurt but the more you do it the less it will hurt. Just think about a massage, and sometimes it hurts, but it's good for you, you know, um, and your muscles need that. But there's two things that come to mind. So, you know, sometimes we tend to increase mileage too quickly. So, you know, I know I can't see everybody, but who's ever, you know, raise your hand, right? <laughs> if you've ever played catch-up with your miles before, because I know I have, right? You've missed a run, and you're like, oh, I'll just add more tomorrow. Um, by the way, please don't do that. You know, don't <laughs> add your miles to the next day. Just move on to next day's distance or whatever. But we tend to, to do that, and we put this increased pressure on our legs, especially our, our IT bands. That's where the, we, we tend to feel it. And the second thing is why we tend to feel it, because generally, right, as women, we have a wider pelvis structure. 
So we're definitely putting our IT band to work. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the first time I rolled out my IT bands. It's something you just don't forget the feeling. It's so painful. <laughs> I know. It's like the type of torture you're like, this feels oh so good and oh so bad. Yeah, but you're right. Like now when I foam roll, it's not as torturous. Like I'm like, I crave it a little bit and I know what areas I need to foam roll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us about work and managing a family. You have kids in many different stages of life right now. Oh my goodness. Where do I begin with this one? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not easy, right? Um, you know, but when I think about easy, right, I don't live my life in the easy lane. You know, what joy would I get from doing things easy? You know, I've never would have crossed that Philly Marathon finish line if I was going for easy, that's for sure. You know, and what example am I giving to my kids if I'm not challenging myself, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm not experiencing the highs and lows and showing them that I can still move forward. So we have three kids. Our oldest son is 14, soon to be 15. Mm -hmm. You know, our younger son, he's eight, and our baby girl is three years old. So, you know, my husband, um, he owns his own business doing commercial furniture installations, so I also help him, you know, with that but I have to be intentional with my time. And so I found that the morning is the best time to get work done, um, but it all starts with my routine. And for me, that means praying, foam rolling, there's foam rolling, <laughs> and, uh, and YouTube. Um, and sometimes I add in there like meditation and some book reading. So you can imagine how early I'm waking up. <laughs> but you know, I, I make that time for myself. And you know, to be completely transparent, you know, I knew back when I had my first child that being a mom, you know, focusing solely on that part of myself, you know, wasn't for me. And, that, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, and I hope no one takes that in a bad way, but, you know, in, in some way, it just threw me off balance, right? <clears throat> I'm a woman. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm a community member. I'm a run coach. I'm a self-proclaimed run entrepreneur. You know, but all those things make up who I am, not just one of them. So the same can be said if I focus solely on any of those other things, right? You know, they would throw me off balance as well. But the important part is to make time for myself. So I always think of the analogy of being on a plane, right? And they tell you to put your uh, oxygen mask on first. And you know, when there was a moment when that rang just so true to me and I really take it with me because you know, me wearing all these different hats or you know, making a routine in the morning, or going out for a run. These are all ways I choose to put my mask on first, and it's not selfish. You know, it's just so that I can then help those around me put on their oxygen mask too. And you know what? I'm a better parent for it, a better friend, and a better wife. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's how I handle it. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much, and I. It's so important to share that and to. Um, being a community that's really open to showing how women need to take care of themselves first. I love it. Thank you. Um, you mentioned Mutu in that, and that is a great, I think, opportunity for this question. Um, you were recently featured in the Sweat Diaries on from Philly Magazine, and you talk about, um, I'm going to mess up this word, diastasis recti, um, which is the separate, the abdominal separation that happens um, after pregnancy, and 
a lot of women actually reach out to me about this too, like just being in the fitness community. Um, what advice can you give to women who are experiencing the abdominal split? Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up. And I'm so happy that women are coming to you and asking about it. You know, I think that was the biggest thing for me was that no one was talking about it. Um, you know, obviously the first piece of advice that I would give is, you know, always talk to your doctor, you know, first. Like for me, I spoke with my GYN and she recommended a specialist. And um, people say it differently. I say diastasis recti. I people call it diastasis recti or DR. Um but the thing was, it wasn't it wasn't very talked about back then. So all they could really recommend was perhaps you know stitching it up, you know whatever remnants right that used to be my abs, but with the caveat that it might not hold um, depending on how bad the scar tissue was or <clears throat> you know doing an exercise. Who knows any reason that you know the, the sewing up might come undone. So instead of having a procedure done that might work, um, I just simply, sadly, I simply ignored that that part of my body, honestly, like for years. Um, and I didn't do one single ab exercise for about five years. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating at all about that. You know, it was just so unknown and I was so afraid and so disconnected. You know, all I knew at that time was that crunches and ab workouts caused more damage than help. So... You know, and after all, I didn't have abs anymore, and those type of workouts focused solely on that area. So I eventually did find YouTube, and it's an online program that really just reconnected me with my core. You know, that part of me I had lost hope for and just dismissed, you know. It gave me my function and my core back, but it also gave me confidence that, you know, that my body could accomplish great things, you know, regardless of its battle wounds, if you want to call it that. Um, but I definitely welcome your listeners to reach out to me about YouTube. I'd be happy to give them info or share my experience. And if they're interested in the programs, I'm totally okay with giving like you know first dibs on any like sales that might come up. Um, but I will say that you know my diastasis recti, it was pretty bad. You know, if to give you a visual, if you put seven of your fingers together, like that's how much the width between my split abs was. And that was only in one section. I had a separation above that and below that. Um, so it, it was pretty bad. But, you know, the three things that I had to do, again, this was for me um, to get back to having a functional core, just so you, your listeners can have an idea. I had to, I actually had to stop running, which was huge, right? I mean, that, that the moment that I was told that, I was kind of... And it, it was a choice. not like they said you had to, but <clears throat> the impact of running, you can... Just envision this. The impact of running every time my foot hit the pavement and there's no abs to hold my inside ends. I mean, I can't paint any further picture for you to think about how that might impact, you know, any work that I was doing to to kind of um, recuperate and, and recover. Um, so I had to stop running. I, I started eating clean um, and I did these daily mute exercises. So I'm not saying that everyone's going to have to stop running, but I'm just letting you know what I had to do. Um, but I can honestly say that I have never ran faster in my life. You know, at, after having three C-sections, a hernia, diastasis recti, um, and finding the confidence, right, in this post-baby body times three, you know, I can say 100% that YouTube played a big part in that. No, thank you so much. I definitely think that um, there's still, like, so much work that needs to be done with, you know, 
sharing this information and letting people know that there's a lot of options out there to take care of themselves to, to bounce back stronger. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, what are you were involved in Girls on the Run, right? Yeah, I guess. What, what's your role through Girls on the Run? Um, so my role, um, I'm a coach. You know, I'm also, uh, so I have direct interaction with the girls. Um, the, eight, the grades are uh, third through fifth grade um, that I coach. Um, I'm also a site liaison, which just means that I am the person between the school and the girls on the run office. And then I'm also a regional liaison, uh, which is really special to me because I get to visit all the schools in the Norristown Area School District and get to, to see and visit the girls and the coaches and to see how wonderful of a job they're doing and see if there's anything I can help them out with in terms of questions or, or problems or, you know, celebrate in their wins. Um, and then I've also helped on their 5K committee. So <clears throat> the program ends with a annual 5K run and to order to get that going, they need you know people and volunteers to come in and, and plan and execute things for a successful run day. Um, so I've been able to help them in that way as well. Um, so how can others get involved if they're interested in dedicating their time? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness, we always need volunteers. So the best way to do that would be to visit their website, which is G O T R P A, which stands for you know Girls on the Run, Pennsylvania. So, uh, .org. So, G-O-T-R-P-A dot org. And um, if you don't really know what Girls on the Run does, I just would share, like, their mission is to help young girls be joyful, healthy, and confident. So, it really instills a message in a young girl's life, you know, to give them limitless potential, right? Um, it talks and teaches to them about, you know, themselves, about others, about their community, about their feelings, um, and how our words and our actions really um, affect all of that. But I think the most awesome thing that it teaches them is that it really gives the message that the best thing that they can be is themselves. And so imagine, like, us as women sometimes need to hear that same message, but imagine getting infused with that message and teaching, you know, learning these skills of how to deal with your emotions and and, you know, giving back to the community and standing up for yourself, standing up for others. Imagine that being instilled in you at, like, 8, 9, 10 years mm -hmm. old. You know, your potential would be limitless. And that's what it is, right, is, you know, using the vehicle of running, which I love, you know, but using the vehicle of running to instill these beautiful messages in a young girl's life so she can grow up and be that, you know, that woman in the world along with her other fellow women to just conquer right? And to be that fierce woman that has limitless p potential. So that's what I love. And if that mission or if anything I said rings true to you in any shape, way, or form, please visit the website. It's gotrpa.org and we would love to have you. Yeah, I'll put that, um, I'll put that link in the show notes so people can just click right there. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you. Uh, what other projects and partnerships are you excited about? Um, so I would say most recently, um, I'm really excited that I partnered with Renegades and Run Happy Lehigh Valley. Uh, we created um, what's called Running in Someone Else's Shoes. It's a free virtual 5K and one miler, but it's not like any other, right? This is for, um, as you know, that a lot's going on in the world in terms of um, social injustice. injustice. 
And so this run is for those who want to take actionable steps in the fight against racism. So I know sometimes we feel stuck, right, not knowing what to do, um, you know, what steps to take. But I think sometimes when we feel stuck, you know, the worst thing that we can do is nothing. So this run really gives people a way to take actionable steps. So, you know, you can run with a friend who has a different perspective or point of view, maybe even a life experience than yours. And we have conversation starters, so it's not like awkward or anything. Um, We've asked people, when we started this last month, we asked people to donate to Color of Change. Um, And so that's really, they use online resources to strengthen the voice of people from the, the black and the people of color community. And then the third way that we have people take action steps, which is a, like the first one is being running with someone with a different perspective, you know, donating, but also joining in on the conversation. So Renegades has these monthly calls. Um, it's uh, titled Talk About Race, and it's just a Zoom call where people come in and really share their life experiences and talk about top topics about social um, injustice and what we can do. And, and just sharing our own life and personal perspective and opinions without judgment, though. Just coming to the table to hear each other out and, and, to, and to learn and grow. So we have all that, but we also include, like, a resource list. Um, so it's full of podcasts, you know, maybe if you're running solo, but the podcast um, really focuses on, on, on this um, theme. And we have movies and books, and we even have black-owned businesses that you can support. So it's really, really more than just running, but again, using the vehicle of running for the greater good. And that's that's the one I'm really excited about. Now, last month we did start it, and uh, we did ask for donations for Color Change. We were able to raise over $4,000, which Yay! to me is amazing, you know, this little idea. Um, and, and I was brought into the idea from Renegades and Run Happy Lehigh Valley, so I'm really um, blessed that they, you know, reached out to me. Um, but to raise $4,000 is amazing. And, but I think, you know, to know that people were meeting with friends and, and others in the community to have real conversations just because we had this idea to use running, you know, I think that is really rewarding. Um, so we are running it through the rest of the summer. But without the, the, the donation part, we really want to get to the meat of it, which is, you know, people coming together um, and talking about their different perspective or life experiences. So the first week... Of every month, all summer long, uh, will be this running in someone else's shoes. Um, again, it's a free virtual 5K and one miler. So it's actually happening the first full week of July, first week, full week of August, and first full week of September. So if anyone is interested or wants more info, you can definitely reach out to me about that. I love that. I know um, for me, I'm kind of tapping into how um, – and I kind of mentioned this later, but I'm reading The Skill in Action, um, which is by Michelle Cassandra Johnson, and she really highlights how yoga is more than just poses, and we have to address um, kind of the racism that exists in the Western yoga tradition and how we should be using yoga to take action in the world and make it more just. So I love how we can use running to also open up this communication because it's so important to meet with other people in the community and have these discussions and not be I don't know like not be judgmental on what other people are experiencing so I think it's awesome that the running community is stepping up and doing this so me too me too I think that's awesome that you found you know that 
the yoga community has found a way to do that as well. You know, I think there's so much movement to me is medicine, right? Mm -hmm. And so that can be applied to a lot of things in life. And the fact that it can be applied to something like this, um, to me, is is mind-boggling because, you know, you talk to people sometimes about running or maybe even yoga, and it's like, ah, you know, they leave it in this box. But no, it can be a stepping stone. It can be a platform. And I'm so glad that there's people in the community like your friend or like people like, you know, Run a Gaze, Run Happy, Lehead Valley, that are doing just that, using it for more than just a simple box definition, but more using it as a stepping stool and a platform to help others and the greater the greater community. So it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so do you have a favorite workout that you like to do? Yeah, so, um, you know, I found this Adidas training app. It's called Runtastic. Some people may or may not know about it. But, you know, they actually have a great butt workout. And I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a certain age, and I still giggle when I say the word butt, right? But, but honestly, you know, it uses your body weight, which I've always loved. I love workouts that allow you to use your own body weight. Um, because, you know, in addition to our core, our butt actually help us prevent injury. And it helps us to improve performance. So if we don't try to work that muscle, uh, it can actually lead to, like, back or even knee pain. So they have this great butt workout, and it's not just for aesthetics, right? But I use it more for like strength training for running, but it's a combination of like jump squats, single dead, uh, single leg deadlifts, uh, curtsy lunges, jump lunges, side lunges. It gives you five, those five options, and it just has you do them at least four times, maybe three times a week. And I found if I do that, um, maybe I might probably only do it like twice a week, really, on like uh, no run days. Um, it's fun. It's something different. And again, it allows me to kind of train on strength and also, you know, train and work on my gluteus maximus. <laughs> I love that you brought up the glutes. It is like, I don't think anyone's brought up the importance of the glutes yet on this podcast. And there is a high correlation when I started taking and teaching bar classes to my injury. Like as soon as I started teaching and taking bar classes, I have not really been injured in a sense where I've been like out for a run or two. It's been like, it's pretty amazing because it is like I can feel, I can actually feel how to activate the glute now, um, which is something that prior to taking like a class like that where we do curtsy lunges and different glute activities, um, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, no, it, the power of the glutes, right? I love that. I love that you found that activation, like you said. And, you know, that word reminded me of something else, too. So as I do these exercises, so I'm also activating my pelvic floor, and that's something mm. else that Mewtwo has taught me because um, I didn't know, it's in my body, right, but I didn't know about the pelvic floor. So when I'm doing workouts like this butt workout, there's a certain way that I'm breathing and it's really through and using my pelvic floor. So, you know, when you say the word activate, I think that's awesome that you found a way to activate your glutes. Um, <clears throat> and it's funny, like I still smile when I say that word. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, th- I think that it's, it's important to, to point these things out because a lot of times, again, you know, me being a run coach and we're talking about run and we're in the run community, you think your feet, legs, you know, eat carbs and all that stuff but there's so much more especially as women I mean 
anyone's body, everything is connected, right? Mm-hmm. But as women, there's certain parts of our body that we need to work on a little bit more because it can lead to injury, and glutes is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, and what suggestions do you have for beginners? So someone who wants to get started in running, like what would you do or say? Yeah. So it's funny. This is a question I get asked a lot, and I actually pulled up, and I also just got it asked like um, two days ago. So I'm kind of <laughs> going to glance at the reply that I gave a friend um, because I think it applies to really everyone. And so, you know, she wants to start running, and it's more so for um, losing weight and for, like, a stress reliever. And I think a lot of times that's where most people find they want to do something and they come to running, right? They want to relieve stress, or maybe they want to lose a couple of pounds. And so the same thing I said to her, I'll say to you, first, I think that's awesome, right? It's always exciting to start something new and something different. Um, But, like, even me, you know, I had no idea when I first started you know, so I completely understand, um, and I always appreciate someone reaching out to me about wanting to run, because when I first started, and I had no idea, I didn't reach out to anybody, and it's so simple, like, I should have just asked somebody, but again, it probably went back to, I didn't know anybody in my circle at all that ran, but anyways, I, you know, I point out, there's, um, and to keep things simple, just three things, and so the three things are, one is run, walk, two is breathing and pace, and three is mindset, and so when I talk about run and walk, you know, I definitely want people to, you know, warm up their muscles before they start, kind of like a five-minute dynamic warm-up, but then just to do a simple run walk interval. So, like, you know, run two minutes and then walk for four minutes, and maybe for, like, 20 or 30 minutes at first, and do that maybe three times a week. Just keep it nice and simple. And then when I talk about breathing and pace, you know, our muscles, they need, like, this constant oxygen. So don't hold your breath. Um, you know, instead think of like this constant rotation of air that um, as you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth and your pace, it should always be slow. Um, kind of like if you were keeping a conversation with someone else while you're running. And then the third thing I talk about is mindset because <clears throat> I think people tend to eventually plateau when it comes to running and weight loss, you know, because all that good muscle you're building and an increase in eating from fueling your body you know, you're going to probably lose some weight in the beginning, but it's not, you're not just going to keep, keep, keep losing weight, you know, so I always tell people, if you can release yourself from the expectation of weight, right, and instead focus on the stress reliever part, you're going to set yourself up for a more positive expectation, right, because weight is just a number, you know, but how you feel and how functional you become, that adds way more value to your life than any number on a scale ever will. And so those are the three things I would share with someone who wants to start running. And I know a lot of times we focus, again, just on the physical, but girl, get your mind right because the <laughs> mindset is everything. Yeah. I love that. What do you think is the hardest part for, part for people when they want to get in shape? Like, what, what, what struggles do they, do they have? Yeah, I mean, it's different for everyone. You know, someone can have a struggle of injury, you know, someone could have the struggle of not knowing where to start. Some people might think time is a struggle. Mm. Um, you know, but honestly, going back to the mindset, I think that's the biggest struggle. Because when you think about everything else, you know, whether it's time or physical or, you know, balancing, you know, work, family, and running, you know, if you put in the effort, like, you can figure out a way 
to balance that. But the mind, you kind of push aside. You feel, you feel like, okay, if I can find time to run and if I can prevent injury and, and if I can get out there and lace up, I'll be good to go. But when you're out there and you're struggling, you're like, oh, running sucks. I can't do this. You know, this is hard. I feel terrible. <clears throat> None of that has to do with anything. That has, that has nothing to do with your schedule, with your run, with, you know, with the time of day. Like, that all has to do with your mind. So if you can get your mind right, and again, it might be different for every everyone, you know, um, sometimes it's just believing in yourself. Sometimes it's setting up an expectation that isn't tied to measurement. You know, I tend not to use numbers too much um, to gauge how I'm doing as opposed to how I'm feeling, right? And I, I think sometimes, you know, it, it's just helpful in, in, in that way. And, and it'll, it's hard sometimes to get our mind in the right place, but hopefully those couple, those three ways that I, that I mentioned before help people improve their mindset. Because once we get over the hurdle of what we think we can do, we can get into the action of actually doing what we can. And then we'll realize that we're stronger than we think. Yeah, I love that. Um, what's your favorite race to train for or to, or to run overall? Yeah. Well, a side note, I would have loved to run in person the Queen of Prussia 10K. So, I mean, I'm going to still do the virtual one. You know, it's coming up in September. And I'm so excited, you know, to, to run with everyone virtually. I have a feeling, though, that once I do run it in person, um, that would be my first time, you know. That that might tippy-toe his way up to the top <laughs> of my list. So if you guys don't know about the Queen of Prussia 10K, definitely check it out. It's a race for women by women. But I would say right now... Um, a race I've done year after year after year is the Broad Street Run. I love that run. You know, not so, I mean, um, I love it for various reasons. You know, um, not so much because it's a signature race around here, but because, you know, the, the distance, of course, I feel like 10 miles is great. It's not too much, not too little. But, man, the people, the people really come out for it. So when you're struggling on mile 1 or mile 10, there are people there, like, wanting to give you high fives, have the craziest, funniest signs, willing to cheer you on. Well, I guess we can't give high fives actually anymore, but, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there is a soul to that race. Um, and I'm not originally from here. So, you know, participating in the Broad Street Run makes me feel like I am. It makes me feel like I was born and raised in Philly, you know, you know, side note, I will never take away that I was born and raised in Hackensack, New Jersey, but, um, <laughs> you know, I really love the soul of that race. Um, it's just so motivating and inspiring to see so many people come out, and they're not the ones lacing up and getting up, but they're, but they're the ones showing up. Yeah. So, that's such a fun, fun race. Um, so you are working on an all-women's run panel right now. Can you explain what this is and what it looks like? Oh my goodness, absolutely. So this was actually going to happen before pre-COVID, but we had to postpone it. So everything was all set and ready to go, honestly. But um, I'm going to explain it to you because it it will still happen, and I want to give your listeners an idea of, of what it would be like. So the all-women's run panel is just a panel of five expert female runners. So they're giving information, advice, and tips to, you know, fellow female runners, mother runners, and weekend warriors, like I like to say. 
So um, it's, you know, just a chance for them to give insider race day advice. Um, I had someone on the panel that was um, an expert with the Broad Street Run, for example. You know, they're going to give mind and body training tips, methods for motivation. There's going to be a discussion on balancing work, family, and fitness, and just really a wealth of knowledge for the new-to-season runner. And so how this would look, it would be the panel, and then we would actually do a dynamic warm-up together, and then we would run for 30 minutes. I found that you know people run different distances so instead of running three miles and people finishing at different times it would really be more um, community-based with us running for 30 minutes <clears throat> and people would actually be linking up to to talk with different people during those 30 minutes but nice easy out and back out 15 back we'll do a cool down together and then the real fun stuff happens so there'll be food and giveaways including like a free pair of kicks from roadrunners you know, free race entries, um, day of discounts, and there's also a sports bra fitting table <clears throat> that uh, women can go and get fitted for the right type of sports bra. And then we have other organizations setting up tables like the Queen of Prussia 10K, Latinas in Motion, Girls on the Run. So really community-based focus on women that who are interested in starting to run, women who had Broad Street maybe on their horizon, or women who are seasoned and they have other races um, and run goals in mind. But again, the, you know, it's bringing together how I coach, which is the movement, right, of running, but also the message, right? And there's no more powerful message than getting a group of women together. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that is awesome. And do you, did you mention the day of it by any chance? So we had a we had a postpone. I mean, it was originally March twenty second, okay. so you can understand it was in like the high <laughs> peak of everything going down. Um, but ideally, I know I know you know Broad Street has gotten moves um, to October fourth. So <clears throat> ideally, I would want the panel to happen midway through so that people can still apply the tips and advice to the rest of their training. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of keeping my eye honestly on Broad Street and just seeing what they're going to do. Um, but again, the panel is for any type of race. You know, I just focused on Broad Street. So I'm really um, debating on changing the new date, especially, you know, we're in the green phase, but things are still kind of like, you know, tricky. So again, you know, I welcome any listener to reach out to me. Um, I would definitely give everyone first dips in terms of a heads up of the dates that um, the panel would happen. But I'm really excited about it and I welcome everyone and your mama and your girlfriend and, <laughs> and your sister and your, your daughter I mean come on out because it's really going to be a, a once a once in a lifetime type event because <clears throat> you know it's going to be so unique to how you are experiencing your run journey and to get that advice from fellow female runners experts at what they do um and in such and in such an intimate environment, it's not a stadium, you know. It's going to be at Roadrunners, but it's a very intimate setting, so that your answers, your thoughts, and your um, perspective can be shared just as much as the experts can. So I'm excited about it. I hope you guys can make it, and I'll keep everyone up to date with an actual date. Awesome. And so before we do our three wrap-up questions, can you tell the listeners how to get in contact with you? Where can we follow oh, you? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So the best way to get in contact with me is really Instagram. So my Instagram is VCP Mitchell, and I just have a thing with initials. So that's my the initials of my name. 
So V for Vanessa. And then C as in cat, P as in Paul, and then Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. Um, so that's how they can get in contact with me. Awesome. All right. So what stretches are you doing in your own life right now? Right. So this can be, like, physical or not, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Um, you know, when I was thinking about what stretches I do, it it's hard to, like, hone in. But then I really feel like something that I put on my vision board, and I hope everyone does it, um, but something I put on my vision board that is a stretch that I'm doing in my life is to be giving to others and forgiving to myself. Mm-hmm. And I remind myself of that daily right because I feel that we're all here to give to others in some capacity and it doesn't have to be like saving the world right it can be giving to your neighbor or to a family member or your kids but in doing so I need to remind myself to be forgiving of myself like I said before I'm doing this run entrepreneur life you know and I'm, I'm vulnerable um, and that's the secret sauce so I am going to make mistakes, right? I am going to try things and then that work. And I'm going to learn. And I'm going to be challenged. So I need to be forgiving of myself because my heart, my intention is coming from a good place. So I can either let those moments define me or I can use them as stepping stones and learn from them and grow. So that would be the stretch that I you know, suggest not only to myself but to others is to be giving to others and forgiving to yourself. I love that. That's great. Um, what's something that you are enjoying doing in your life for you? Um, you know, I guess right now it's kind of boring, but I'm enjoying reading. <laughs> um, you know, if we weren't in COVID, I would say dancing. I love dancing. Like anything like, you know, hip-hop, reggae, you know, um, salsa, all of that. I love that. And I still do that, but then my living room's a little different, but um, right now, um, I'm enjoying reading. I've actually not been like a pick-up-a-book type person, but um, just to hold the pages in my hand, something tangible, right, when you can flip a page, and I can underline something, like I'm a note-taker, so I'm like constantly underlying and adding like a sticky note, and just absorbing all this good information and I feel like it's happening at just the right time for where I am. Are you reading anything right now? Yeah, I am actually. Um, right now, I just finished The E-Myth Revisited as a must-read for anyone who's trying to start a small business. Um, but I'm also reading right now, um, it's called Chasing the Bright Side. And so the tagline, it says, Embrace Optimism, Activate Your Purpose, and Write Your Own Story. It's by Jess Ekstrom. Um, and she's the founder of Headbands of Hope and so it's a really good book I mean I'm, I'm loving it and I kind of just came across this book it's not something like I, I intentionally got so I definitely recommend both of those cool and what is something you can't stop talking about oh my goodness what is something I can't stop talking about I think that's a really great question um there Oh my God, like my mind just fluttered with a whole bunch of different things. I guess right now, if I had something I can't stop talking about, it's kind of silly, but it's sweet potatoes. Ooh. <laughs> I can't stop talking about sweet potatoes, and that's not just recently. Like, I made a huge switch, right? So, there is this myth that you have to eat pasta, 
right? To be getting your carbs and to be uh, a fueled runner and girlfriend, that myth, I'm here to debunk it because I have not eaten pasta for like running, you know what I mean? Like if my mom makes some pasta, I'm going to eat it. But like, <laughs> I have not used pasta for running in about three years. And like I said before, I'm running my fastest right now. And so sweet potatoes is like this little unknown gem of fuel for you. It's such a healthy carb to eat. And there's so many ways to eat it. I can eat it for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. I can make fries out of it. I can have them mashed. I can have them plain. Maybe add a little sea salt. Um, I guess that's like, like <laughs> I sound like Forrest Gump. Shrimp gumbo, shrimp bath. <laughs> there's so many different ways to eat sweet potatoes. So I definitely encourage people to look into it. Especially if you're over and done with pasta in your life in terms of fuel as a runner. Look into sweet potatoes. Give it a try. And don't be afraid to, to try out different recipes. Don't just try it once and say, like, ah, it's not for me. Definitely uh, challenge yourself to, to test out different recipes. And my Instagram actually does have some recipes, um, not just sweet potatoes, but sweet potatoes is definitely some of the stuff that I have on there. Quick recipes and easy to-dos of, of how to make them. Thank you. That's awesome. I feel like sweet potatoes and peanut butter are, like, the two things that everyone in the family will eat. <laughs> Yum. You just said two of my favorites. Yes. <laughs> Amen to the peanut butter. <laughs> Vanessa, thank you so much for being on this episode. I really love this conversation. Oh, my goodness. I have loved it, too. Thank you so much. I was so excited. And I just thank you so much for this opportunity to share, you know, like my journey and my experience and to your listeners to being open to accepting it. And just thank you overall for what you're doing in the community, Jen. I thank you and your husband, your family are just awesome and like finding out more information about how you're you know pivoting and how you are making moves and what you're doing I think it's super commendable so thank you for what you're doing and thank you for having me today thanks so I hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Vanessa it was definitely inspiring and hopefully something resonated with you again please don't hesitate to reach out to either of us if you have a question all of our information is in the show notes. Um, also, please don't hesitate to reach out to me via social media. You can follow me at FitFamConchi or JenniferMC3 on Instagram. And the same goes for Facebook. So if there's something you want to hear, if there's a comment you have, please share it. I would love to hear. So... We're going to cool down with a brief meditation today. And I want you to come into a comfortable seated position. That could be on a chair, the couch, the floor. And just roll the shoulders back a few times. Good. Your hands can fall into your lap. They can rest on your legs. And start to lower the eyes or close them. Whatever is more comfortable for you. And here, just take a deep breath in. And an exhale out. And just let your breath return to normal. Just noticing the breath. Noticing how the body's feeling. 
as you're here, the mind starts wandering, gently bring it back into the present room. Just thinking how this present moment is all you need. There's nowhere to go, there's nothing to do, except be right here. noticing the rise and fall of each inhale and each exhale and slowly bring your attention to an area in your life where you would like more confidence. Perhaps more mental energy spent here. And just know that you are limitless. Your potential is limitless. You are going to do the best you can. You have not hit your peak yet. And in your mind, Say, I am limitless. very slowly starting to take some gentle movements bringing your awareness back into the room 
Gently blink those eyes open. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of But First Stretch. Have a wonderful day.